Bing, Mr. Sullivan. Bing, right on the nose. Wow. Well, yeah. welcome to Cloudlandia. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> well, I, you were you were the person who came up with the name. And um, so how long ago did you uh, start pondering this thought of Cloudlandia? Well, what it really dawned on me, I think several years ago when I first uh, got wind of the ghost restaurants, that mm-hmm. was the beginning yes. of it. And mm-hmm. I think I was very early on in that, in discovering it kind of mm-hmm. as a thing. Um, mm-hmm. And you think that has to have been, you know, maybe four or five years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in the beginning, right? And mm-hmm. then you start to realize just been this kind of nonstop um, evolution there. And I started to mm-hmm. realize how we really are. Everything is moving to the cloud. That was kind of the mm-hmm. the thing. And I realized mm-hmm. at that point, we are 100%. Like our our life is the cloud, the cloudlandia is the main thing. That's what I was saying as I've started envisioning the cloud as a place where we all are. Cloudlandia, this came as the, the uh, you know, natural kind of uh, way of describing it. But that's really, uh, you see it now, like even how fast things are evolving. Like you look mm-hmm. at now, it's like um, the, the, the underpinning for the cloud kitchens for for the cloud cloud restaurants how it started out but then these cloud kitchens as a service now mm-hmm. where anybody can you can tap into you can run a uh, you know a cloud kitchen um right from the uh you know from a, a rented booth kind of thing that these mm-hmm. uh, companies are setting up and now the next level of it is that you can have a cloud kitchen completely as a a service where they'll cook mm-hmm. your recipes. You don't even have mm-hmm. to do the cooking, Dan. It's mm-hmm. like totally, this is, I, I'm watching these waves just kind of cresting and you start to see that who wins up, who ends up on the top of this. And I'm interested to get your take on this because it may be a bias that I have as being a visionary, mm-hmm. but it feels like the visionary is a um, is the at the can ride the top of these um, waves here, you know, and literally not do anything. I think it's kind of come full circle where uh, capital, traditional capital. Um, Luba and I watched a, a documentary the other night about capital. Uh, the history of it, like back in the day, you know, all the capital was land and taxing, mm-hmm. right? Like land and taxation was was where the capital and it was inherited, mm-hmm. and there was no chance for anybody other than the 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 tippy top to advance capital, you know. And now mm-hmm. we're coming to a point where. Um, it's almost like a complete shift. If you took mm-hmm. that the the high need for capital, 
which would allow mm-hmm. you know, traditional capital, which would allow you access to capabilities, which mm-hmm. would then give you. Uh, so the vision was almost less valuable or important uh, back then, or less um, less opportunity for vision to to come out, right? Because you had to be paired with with traditional capital, but now. Vision is there. You can tap, and this is the word that I've come up with too. Is I think the next level of as a service is on tap. It's like all these things are going to all you can access services. I think I mentioned about some of these design services where you can mm-hmm. subscribe to a designer and you get unlimited requests just on mm-hmm. tap, like as you you put it in and it's constantly. Um, um, pumping out whatever design you need, mm-hmm. but the opportunity now for um, the vision uh, and combining all these ready, uh, ready to access capabilities mm-hmm. is really an amazing. Um, I mean, it's just such a fundamental shift. Yeah, all given. I, I, by, I think and that, it's all that, driven by reach. You know. Yeah, well, I think that the um, um, looking back, I'm just going to add a dimension to this. The uh, notion of controlling land um, really kind of ended with the second, uh, the first and second world war, because it was actually one war where they had um, kind of a ceasefire. So the first war went from 1914 to 1918. And then you had um, essentially, as far as the big countries were concerned, you had like a 21-year ceasefire, and then they went at it again for six more years, from 1939 Uh to 1945. And you could tell what was happening, that the ability for countries to control other people's land started to disappear. Um, and the, um, so in the first world war, there were four empires. This is, these were big empires that collapsed, uh, the, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. well, not the British, the British went on, the British kept going, uh, but the, uh, uh, German empire disappeared. Germans had all sorts of uh, land in Africa. They had it in Southwest Pacific, so they had these German, uh, you know, they they were run by the Germans. Yeah. They had German soldiers. If, they, if you have your troops there, you're an empire. You know, like if okay. you're controlling yeah. it with your troops, you have it. Uh, the Russian Empire collapsed. They um, went back to being Russia for 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 the time being. Uh, the Ottoman Empire, which had been in you know, in force in the Middle East. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, one of the bigger ones, actually, land-wise, it uh, it uh, it collapsed. Uh, so, um, uh, just to, uh, trying trying to think. The British Empire lasted really till the 40s, 50s, and 60s, when India went in 47, 48, and then. Um, you know, a lot of the Africans, and they they did a switcheroo. The uh, British are kind of clever in the sense that they 
they switch what was the British Empire into the British Commonwealth. So these countries actually maintained a connection with Great Britain. And then um, Canada included, the, right? Yeah. Yeah, Canada, yeah, um, yeah. Australia. Um, Australia, New Zealand. Um, yeah, it was 50 or 60, some of them, you know, some of them just small islands, but they're connected yeah. and they have, they have some semblance of connection with the British crown, you know, like we do. We have a governor general here in Canada and, uh, this is the Queen's representative. If you look at our currency, you have the, Queen's um, picture on Canadian currency, some some mm-hmm. of the Canadian currency, and uh, and then the Soviets made another, uh, the Russians made another crack at it with the Cold War. They, you know, they took over Eastern Europe, and that was kind of the Soviet Empire, and that collapsed in '91. I would say '91 is the end of empires. Uh, where, uh, first of all, it doesn't make any money. It's very expensive. You don't make any money on it. Um, uh, and it's very costly. The Americans took a different approach uh, because they had far, they had enormous reach at the end of the Second World War. So we'll connect that with your concept of reach. Mm-hmm. And they did, uh, they did an amazing thing. They basically said, um, what we'll do is we'll guarantee all the water between your place and our place. We'll guarantee all the shipping lanes between your place and our place. Mm-hmm. And what we're going to say is we're going to lend you money so that you can rebuild your economy. And then with minimum tariffs, you can ship what you make into the American market, which is the, the biggest consumer market in the world. And uh, that went on, has gone on uh, for more or less 75 years. So when people talk about the American empire, the Americans uh, really didn't take over Japan. They really didn't take over Germany. They didn't really take over um, all these all these countries. <clears throat> but they did instill order. And then they said, build your economy. You know, what we want you to do instead of making weapons, why don't you make consumer goods? And you can ship them to our, you know, to our people. And, uh, you know, we've got lots of consumer consumers here. So it was kind of a consumer empire. It was a production and consumer empire. And it's unique. And uh, you'll never see it again. You'll never see one country ever pull this off again. And it's because of the U.S. Navy. The, Na- the U.S. Is, is the greatest military force in the history of the history of the world, the U.S. Navy. They have so much um, firepower uh, with the ships and the planes and the, you know, the submarines, the nuclear uh, missiles they, they have. And, uh, and during this time, in the last 75 years, all the capabilities that you're talking about are growing up based on the microchip, which, you know, really started... 60s and 70s, the notion uh-huh. of a microchip. And the microchip actually transforms everything. Your ghost chickens, <laughs> ghost chickens. This is what's behind it. It's the ghost chickens. The ghost chickens. Uh, yeah. yeah, the ghost, the ghost kitchens. Uh, they, um, they're the um, 
pushing the microchip capability combined with combined with the internet and cell phones uh, to uh, mm-hmm. uh, but what's happening in cloudlandia is that individuals get empowered okay before it used to be huge nations got empowered okay and then um companies got empowered mm-hmm. what you're seeing now I think is individuals being empowered that individuals with intention can mm-hmm. link their cap- their intentions up with other people's capabilities. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm beginning to see like now you, you talked about empires and what I was thinking about, like what that drew to my mind was, I wonder in, in Cloudlandia are, what's the equivalent land grabs? Is it, like uh, Facebook and Google and I think it's a, attention. Instagram attention is the YouTube. Empire. That's exactly it. And these these environments are like the superpowers, right? Like Facebook yeah. with you know how many are they up to three billion combined? I think I read mm-hmm. they have three and a half billion combined um, users with. Instagram, uh, WhatsApp, and um, and Facebook, because they own mm-hmm. all all three. Uh, yeah. So that that helps them touch three and a half billion, which is basically mm-hmm. everybody. Um, I mean, it's just it's really well, <clears throat> it's a large a large amount of everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. uh, yeah, so my feeling is that attention, it's individual attention that yeah. they're trying to uh they're trying to expand the number of people who give them attention and then they're trying to expand the amount of attention you give them. Yes. Yeah. Now see here's the thing, uh but it's you can you can declare freedom from this anytime that you decide not to pay attention to them. So the uh-huh. thing that they fear most is uh, what is it that uh, individuals can do to avoid us? Okay. Uh-huh. And yeah, and they were talking about this. We we have a discussion group that's been going for 19 years here in Toronto among about a dozen strategic coach clients and friends. And uh, one one of the persons is really fouling, uh, you know the. The worst stories about how people are watching you, you're being surveilled every day. And he's talking about that. And uh, and I said, you know, I don't have any evidence. I use the Internet every day for <clears throat> probably three or four hours uh, <clears throat> for lots of different reasons. And I yeah. said, I don't I don't have any sense that I'm touching the right buttons that gets me followed. You know, I'm not saying, mm-hmm. first of all, I don't pay attention to the ads and, uh, right. you know, and, um, and uh, I'm just looking for certain um, thought pieces. I'm looking for essays. I'm looking for articles. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for statistical information and, you know, and so I'm, you know, I, I've got sort of a, focus every day of things that I'm interested in, or I'll ask a question mm-hmm. and I'll see what kind of answers come up from that, from, from the question. And, uh, yeah. uh, it's about 80% good. In other words, uh, if you do a search for about 10 or 15 minutes, you know, more, 
you know more at the end of it than you did when you started. So, uh-huh. but they're not dead on. They're not dead on. They're not giving me exactly what I want, but they're they're uh, they're moving my thinking uh, thinking along. So, right. uh, but I've never used um, social media. I've never once actually sent anything on social media, and I've never received anything on social media. Social media. <laughs> Okay, so I've just avoided that altogether because it didn't really fall into. I said, why, why, why would I spend my time? You know, why would I spend my time doing that? I can't understand why I would do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's interesting. You can um, the all this thing that they're trying to control. Well, they're only trying to control you if your attention is up for grabs. Yes. That's the crown jewel. The attention is the thing. I mean, yeah. But wasn't that true before, uh, before all this started? In other words, that... I keep uh, trying to think about that, Dan. That's what I I try and keep thinking about that. Like what, what was happening with our attention, my attention before, say, I know the day it changed is the day that I got my iPhone. That's the day mm. that things completely changed. Because I do, I remember the difference. I mean, I had a Motorola Razor phone, which was mm-hmm. no, you know, texting wasn't even a thing because you had, I never got into the Blackberry, which was the kind of the first uh, one of those email uh, ones, you know. Um, so I never got into the BlackBerry, uh, but I had an experience with the BlackBerry where um, Joe Stump and a couple of other guys and I were on a golf trip in Alabama, and we were we rented one of these Rockstar tour buses, and we went down the Robert Trent Jones Trail in Alabama, mm-hmm. which which is a great golf course um, uh, trip, and we were. Um, you know, at dinner um, one night, and this um, uh, one of the guys had a, a BlackBerry, and he's a real cigar smoker, and went online. You know, emailed his, uh, you know, with the BlackBerry, his cigar contact in in Hong Kong, and got these uh, Cuban cigars mailed. You know, FedEx to the next golf course where we were the next day. So here we are at dinner in Hong Kong, which was, I guess it was already starting morning in uh, Mm -hmm. there. And when we got to the golf course the next day, the, uh, there was the box of the cigars there. We we all thought like, how magical is that? Yeah. That you can, I mean, that was 2002. And the reason I remember is because, it was exactly when the shock and awe campaign happened in, in, you know, 2002, March of 2002. So that was like, you realize, wow, we're really like untethered from your desktop or your, your office environment, right? You can be out in the wild and make things happen there. And then it was, you know, four or five more years before the iPhone um, mm-hmm. came. 
Yeah. But I still, I remember looking up. This is a very funny thing because I am sitting in a chair right now in my house. You know, I have a reading room and I'm, I'm sitting here and I have the exact same uh, chairs in my office. And I was sitting in my office, got my iPhone and I remember looking up and it was, it was dark. Uh, and I remember, and I, I looked at the thing and I had been there for three hours. Right. Just like from looking at my phone, playing around with my new uh, phone. And it went mm-hmm. like that without any break, without any uh, thing. And I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, like that. Where did that go? And it's, mm-hmm. it's been nonstop ever since. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, just. Uh, you look at that and everything. Do you remember I mentioned a while ago there was an article in the New York Times about uh, the tyranny of convenience? And mm-hmm. that, um, I just noticed, you know, we you know, we talk about the uh, um, cloud kitchens and uh, Grubhub and stuff now. We, we order from Grubhub mm-hmm. um, quite a bit. And I've noticed mm-hmm. now that Grubhub has a an express order thing where it where you open up the Grubhub app, it takes your your last few orders that you've had and gives you an option to one click reorder what you already had without even logging in. Mm-hmm. Go straight to straight to the checkout. Yeah, I'm thinking, man, oh man, oh man, this is like uh that's where we're going. I mean, and, and you know, it's one step from there to uh, you know, hey, Alexa, order my lunch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alexa, stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's always yeah. listening to it. Yeah, well, I've, uh, yeah, I just, um, so uh, we're probably doing two experiments here, you and you and I. I'm taking an experiment. Uh-huh. How little can I be involved and in still get what I want done? Yeah, uh, I'm. Oh, I wanted to talk about that. Tell me how you're experiencing that. Like, what's your? Well, uh, first of all, uh, you know, I have, um, you know, I have who's between me and my. Yeah. Achieve, uh, achievements. So um, I've always uh, been very, very comfortable with, uh, you know, having um, uh, humans uh, actually yeah. do things, do things for me. And what yeah. I've done is that I've simply created an interface, and there are uh, two tools. Basically, one tool is called a fast transformer, where I uh, talk about an experience we've had, and, and I. You know, I identify, first of all, what worked about the experience, what didn't work about the experience, and uh, ways of improving it the next time, and then we have a chat about that. So I've got an improvement tool, uh, you know, that kind of transforms the interactions that I have with my team. And then I've got a new project tool, which is the Pass Filter. And, uh, for example, uh, we're starting a uh, Zooming Ahead discussion mm-hmm. group. And it's with uh, Gord Vickman, who runs my podcast. It's a natural for him because he really is uh, very, very good with technology. And he's very good yeah. at uh, expanding, uh, you know, expanding participation, you know, with yeah. you know, 
with uh, Zoomcast, you know, with uh, podcasts. And um, so I brought this up about uh, six weeks ago. I, we had a discussion. I And I simply used the VCR that you created, the vision, um, you know, vision capability and reach. And I said, you know, um, I think this, I, you know, I, I, I was about three or four months into the Zoom thing. I said, I think this Zoom thing, is not just another technology. I think I think we're going through a fundamental shift with this. I agree. And uh, and I but I'm lo- I'm looking at it only from a business standpoint. I'm not looking what else people use Zoom for because they already have things that they don't need Zoom for. They've got uh, social media and they can do all sorts of things. I said I think this one is um, fundamentally a business. Um, and I think it's more entrepreneurial than it is corporate. I think I think this favors um, very fast-moving, you know, um, innovative, um, project-based uh, entrepreneurial activities. And uh, so I told them about it, and then I tested it out. So this quarter, in the uh, ten times workshop, the last exercise of the day is called zooming ahead. And I said, now just, um, you know, I've got four columns. First column is where you've Zoomed, you know, how have you increased your Zooming? You know, and people have other platforms, but I'm using Zoom as the as the general capability here. Mm-hmm. And then I say, what have you heard about that you haven't done? In other words, where other people are talking about Zooming and what they're doing with it, but you haven't done it. And over the next quarter, what? Two or three new things will you extend your zooming capability and then the fourth fourth column is simply what's your insights from doing this and it's a nice little you know it takes about six or seven minutes for them to fill it in and um and then they do breakout group and then we talk about it yeah. and uh and everybody liked it everybody liked it they uh first of all everybody discovered generally that they've been um making progress that they hadn't really measured. And this was important. And then they're hearing things, even in the breakout groups, they're hearing things that they haven't heard before. And I said, you know, uh, I just think this is a big deal. I think it'll be a bigger deal every quarter going forward. And you don't have to break the bank here. You don't have to be number one in the world. All you have to do is improve your Zoom, Zoom ability every yeah. quarter and i think it'll have compound interest i think i think you'll find an investment next quarter will compound over the next year uh-huh. every capability that you add to this and yeah. um and then so i said I, I got a feel i did six workshops with it i said it's a good deal so we'll just call this discussion group zooming ahead and uh, we're going to make it open to the entire strategic coach program doesn't matter which level you're at uh-huh. Uh, just um and uh so we're in the week when this is start going to be communicated and we're going to do one session a month to start off with and it'll be like a two-hour session right and uh and it'll be on zoom and uh and but that's i'm telling you this because that's my way of getting projects started it's through a manager a project manager who will uh-huh. make it so will make it so yeah. so all the organization for it is contained 
you know, and if he asks questions, then I'll do another, I'll do another fast filter to clarify the intentions a little bit more, but it's just an interaction. Yeah. Doesn't my, my involvement never takes more than about a half hour to a half hour to, to do an the hour. fast filter. Yeah, fast filter and then have a discussion about it, you know, yeah. a clarification discussion. So that's kind of how I've done that. And I and I've been doing this more or less one way or another for the you know, for the <clears throat> for the full history of strategic coach. I've always been um setting things up as doable, achievable, measurable projects with someone else in charge of it. So that's that's mm-hmm. kind of my that's my and you know, we've got Compared with a lot of entrepreneurs that I meet, at, like Genius X, we've got an army compared to their team. I mean, we've got we've got right. hundred, you know, it's about 110. We're hiring right now. We're <clears throat> we're expanding our sales sales team. We're expanding our program advisors. Who um, their well, front stage? What a boon this is. I mean, talk about Zoom forward. Your have you started now the um, the Zoom yeah, we've got two workshop. in there. We've got two. We've got two up and running. One we started Los Angeles time about three weeks ago. Yeah, uh, tw- twenty nine people from five countries. But the the British one we started one Greenwich Mean Time. This was a week and a half ago, and we started and we have twenty six. But from <laughs> really, uh, this is a cap or seventeen different countries. Only one person yeah. from the UK. Only one person from the UK, right? Uh, right. And seventeen different countries. I mean, from all yeah. over, um, but mostly going east. Uh, I mean, yeah, um, you know, yeah, all the way to India and uh, yeah, some of the some of the stand countries and uh, yeah, yeah, you know, Middle East and everything else. Very, very interesting. Yeah. You know, all all English speaking, all pretty pretty um adept at using technology and yeah. uh, a lot of them kind of um uh had strategic coach in mind for the last three or four years because of the podcasts uh-huh. yeah so you know the, the their entry into our world of yeah uh, you know being interested in what we do came through the the podcasts including this including ours the one that we mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy, this is exciting. Yeah. I mean, when you look at that, it's like from one central hub, you're like from Toronto or Chicago, yeah. you could. Well, I sit in that, the same chair too, but I sit in yeah, the same, exactly. you know, I've, I've got yeah. my chair. I've got my, yeah, I got this chair. It's uh, 20, you know, it's 28 years old. Yeah. I'm sitting there. Are you doing, um, Dan, are you doing, are these your uh, they're Dan workshops or with a, no, uh, no, they're oh. they're, uh, they're associate coaches. Yeah. Okay, so you look at with the associate coaches of even from one um, one central location in in Toronto, for instance, mm-hmm. you could go from um, if you take if you were to fully like extend out the hours. Imagine the reach that if the if there was. Uh, you know, between uh, 8 a.m. and midnight kind of thing, if somebody, you yeah. know, in that range, how far you could fit, you know, if you look at six-hour bands there of where yeah. that could mm-hmm. These are four-hour. Yeah, four we hour made a change yeah. to the, 
we made a change to the format. So they have a four-hour workshop every two months. So they get mm-hmm. six uh, six sessions. And yeah. we've thrown in that they have the right to come to one live session if they right, choose okay. to. And that's just a freebie for them. That's just a golden, golden ticket. Uh, ticket. That, yeah. Yeah, uh, we call it the uh, we call it the virtual ticket. They get okay, a virtual yeah. ticket, and uh, uh, Lee Richter, who's in our free zone um, program, <clears throat> was at <clears throat> Stanford University in the <clears throat> late '90s when they started um, <clears throat> actually uh, exploring virtual. How what was the virtual experience compared to with the in person? Uh, experience, uh, you know, from an educational standpoint. And what they discovered, it was a four to one ratio that people are completely happy with four virtual experiences if it's combined with one in-person experience. And okay, that, that's that, good to know. Yeah. 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 So it was, um, that was a little bit of wisdom that we picked up from Lee. And, oh. um, and, uh, I said, you know, well, First of all, what do we care? We've got the, you know, I mean, if they show up, they show up. They give us a couple of days' notice. Uh, yeah. We've got room, and uh, right. we can fit them in. Yeah, so we have excess capacity, and I think that's one thing that I've always been a big pusher on is have more capacity yeah. than you actually need because then you don't have yeah. to scramble too much. If the uh, <clears throat> if business picks up, we've got the capacity right now. With the team we have, um, our big goal is to get back where we were at the end of last year because we're taking mm-hmm. a big hit in the lower levels this year. Mm-hmm. Of um, you know, the, the lower level for us, you have to be making more than two hundred thousand. That's the entry level. Right. You have to right. be making, but but it's still uh, competing with you know their home. It's competing with their family life. It's competing with their children's education. It's yeah. You know, it's competing with a lot of things, but at mm-hmm. the upper levels, uh, our renewal rate's really good. Mm-hmm. In- interesting, the, the upper levels are much more comfortable with Zoom. So if you take the mm-hmm. 10 times, say half of the 10 times people and all the free zone people, this is this this is a wonderful thing. They, they don't find it as an adjustment at all. It's a wonderful. It was like mm-hmm. they got a gift during 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole marketplace developed a capability that they already had. Oh yeah, yeah. No, this is exciting. I can't. Uh, we're just calculating up seven months now. Seven. Yeah, seven. Yeah, yeah, seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think the real. Uh, yeah, I think every. Really yeah, I think one thing like about this. your uh, the we're not used to. Um, we're not used to dealing with a realm that's unlimited and endless. Uh, in yeah. other words, uh, Cloudlandia is unlimited. It's unlimited and it's endless. Yeah. Right. Exactly. If you have an idea, if you have an idea, there's a Cloudlandia capability to propel that idea. Right. And I think that when you really look at, uh, you know, uh, this is how when you're talking about the workshops now, traditionally it's for full day workshops on site mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. said the new ones are um six they're four, four hour but you get six of them right yeah and they don't take a lunch break they don't take a lunch <clears throat> break. right exactly yeah. yeah yeah 
So it's really even, it feels like more, but it's actually, uh, a little bit less. Yeah, it's actually, it's less, um, uh, less burden to deliver what feels like more because it's really a total of 24 hours with no facility, um, you know, burden or anything like that. No, like, uh, having to be there, you know, the hour early yeah. and the hour late and the whole thing, it's perfectly on off. That's what I discovered in doing the, the email, um, the lead conversion workshops is doing, you know, spaced out three hour, um, sessions yeah. is I, more, um, it allows you to do more things. You can be more creative with that and have the same. Yeah. One of the things really interesting people ask us, well, how much should you discount for the, you know, for the virtual? And I said, not, not, nothing. It's the same. Right. And they said, wow, wow. Uh, And I said, we're saving them time and money. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly, that's, you're exactly right. When you look at what the actual, um, yeah, when you look at what, you know. The, I mean, it's the, the difference between uh, now with the new ghost kitchen capability of, uh, you know, of actually um, reproducing your menu in their kitchen and bringing it to it. People said, well, why would I do that? I can do it at home and save the cost of the kitchen that the, there and I said, "Yeah, think think that through for about ten minutes." Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're thinking that way, you should start thinking. Uh, find some place in the wilderness and start digging your bunker right now. Mm-hmm. So it really is. This is the thing. It's like, um, you know, you think about attention now. Uh, you know what we're saying? It's so it's it's infinite and nonstop. I mean, it's ex- the the Cloudlandia universe is expanding constantly, more and more and more and more and more content, uh, more options, more things for us to explore. You're never going to, as you say, swim the whole ocean. Um, <laughs> it's really. Uh, but the limited constraint, which not going to change, is the is attention. Is the yeah. sixteen hours, sixteen hours of waking attention that is what one hundred percent engaged. I've been having this conversation with Philip, uh, the mm-hmm. you know, to, from a twelve year old perspective, talking to him about no, you know, no online is. It's like his generation is the first fish that have no concept of what water is. You know, they've been <laughs> completely he was born into this fully yeah. immersed digital, uh, uh, you know, bubble that we live in, and it doesn't even have no frame of reference for a life outside of water. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's really, really interesting how, uh, on top of this. Um, the president is because I was watching his, uh, you know, his little, it was about 10 minutes from Walter Reed hospital. He gave a report from the front lines, you know, and, uh, yeah. and he's the first one who's, uh, that I can remember 
who's in the in the midst in a hospital in the midst of COVID, who's turning it wearing into a, suit. a yeah. <laughs> He was wearing a suit with no tie, you know. He, exactly. He didn't have a he didn't have, have a tie on, but it kind of looked presidential, you know. They had, uh, yeah. they had sort of uh, everything, and he's got all these doctors coming out and saying, "No, he's he's doing great and everything like like that." And he's turned the whole thing into another another uh, you know it's it's another communication vehicle. You know, yeah. like having COVID and going through COVID treatment and then, you know, featuring the doctors as his, uh, you know, like his campaign staff and, oh, yeah. uh, and, 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 and saying, you know, I really appreciate that. We've had a lot of wonderful, loving messages that have come in from all over the world and we're, bipartisan. we're feeling bipartisan, bipartisan. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and Babs was following it on her cell phone, and she said, uh, "She says, Sears, I got a whole series of, uh, you know, um, things about Trump and Trumping at the hospital." And I said, "Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah." I said, "Yeah, yeah, it's, it's different, but it's the same." And she said, "Well, it's different." Well, I said, "He's in the hospital and he's got COVID. That's what's different." And I says, "What's the same, Trump?" Trump, 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 mm-hmm. Trump. <laughs> Who are they talking about now? You know, they're yeah. interviewing Hollywood actors. Which ones want him to die, and which ones, you know, are, are oh, wishing, yeah. wishing wishing him good luck? But right. in every case, it's Trump, Trump. I haven't heard right. the word Biden. I haven't heard the word Biden for now about since the news was announced on. I think it was Thursday. Oh, that yeah. he uh, had it and everything else. It's, I mean, he just sucks the ox. So if it's attention is capital, you know, you're asking at the yeah. beginning, he's got attention. That's, I think you're absolutely right. And that's such a cynical world now where everything is going from the thing of, like, there's no possible way. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say no possible way, but there's always a way for somebody to turn this into a a, a negative thing for him or happen yeah. it into a positive thing. Like the best case scenario, you would hope that best case would if you'd be asymptomatic or very quickly uh, light symptoms sure. and get some therapeutics and get over it and 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 move on. That would be a great thing. But if that were to happen, then it's well. He was faking it. He he's faking it so he could uh, he have to do the I'm debate. Sorry. Uh, sorry I'm, the... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Who was faking it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, the whole yeah, exactly. Who was faking it? <laughs> Donald Trump was faking it. Yeah, exactly. You're right. But then yeah. on the other side, if he gets really sick, that's a bad thing too. Then it's the the arrogance of it that now he's, you know, the super yeah. spreader, uh, the, you start, they've yeah. started calling that super spreader event, the Rose garden massacre. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, man, don't hear I, mean, the, so... I don't hear the word Biden in here anywhere. No, I, I exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the oh. vice president, you know, she was, uh, 
Camilla Harris, but she was, uh, God, you can go weeks and not hear anything about her. I mean, what? Oh, man. They said, oh, she's the difference maker. Boy. And I said, no, no, no. Presidential elections are about one-on-one. The number two doesn't really matter. Yes, that's and, the truth. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Number two doesn't really matter. Uh, number two is just a fire extinguisher. You know, I mean, number two yeah. is... Yeah. Do you know where your fire extinguisher is in your house? Right. Yeah, I think right. so. Do you know how to operate it? Do you know how to operate it? Uh, I think so. Check the check the tag on it. Is it certified? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it up to date? Yeah. yeah. And everything. Yeah. But here's the thing. I, I was so struck last week when we were talking, and you were talking about these inf- TikTok influencers who have yeah. 80 million, 80 million you know yeah. what they're like? They're like uh, they're like uh, land rush pioneers. Like there's yeah. a new land, and they claim the t- and. But the thing is, it's 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 not dead capital. It's live capital in the sense uh-huh. that land was kind of dead capital. Yeah, you own. Yeah. you know, it's like uh, what's his name who started CNN? What's um, I forget his name right now. Uh, um, you. Ted Turner. Yeah, Ted Turner. He's the biggest landowner in the United States. I mean, he yeah. owns more land than a, but it's dead land. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, uh, what's he doing with the land? He owns it, but right. is the land doing it? Land, uh, the land is doing nothing, right. you know. Yeah. And it, it was only if he sold it and then somebody else made use of it that it would have any life to it. But the, being a TikTok, you know, or a medium like that, but let's just use the TikTok. Yeah. Input, that's a that's live capital, and yeah. that person only keeps the capital based on if tomorrow's as good as today. Yeah, like I'm saying, Dan, this these girls, Charlie and and Addison, um, you know, the two top TikTokers, on a normal, like just any anything, they tweet four or five times, uh, or not tweet, uh, uh, any any TikToks they put up, any day are getting thirty to forty million uh, views every day right and that's so yeah. that's how they're making you know five million dollars or more um a year just for yeah uh, promoting other brands but now they're getting smart and this addison ray as i mentioned is doing her own line because mm-hmm. of this capability factory that is yeah. um yeah. you know allowing her to now, <clears throat> or helping it, her yeah now here's the um is it a measure of them or is it a measure of the capability they're using? And what I'm going to ask you a question here, and yeah. and it's it's something that I think is not understood, um, and that is that um, capability requires use. In other words, if you have a capability, um, you know, uh, and it's a new capability and it's um, better than any capability before. And it takes advantage of all the other capabilities, but goes further with them. Uh, there's going to be some human that is number one in its use. Yes. And there, here's the thing. 
I, this required, this is why these girls got swept, but with a wave, you know, this wave of everybody, all eyes on TikTok coming in. These girls were already here and established. And if you imagine a tsunami coming in yeah. behind, right? And now these girls are already just innocently playing in the water there, swimming and doing fun TikTok videos that, that they love to do. And then all of a sudden this wave comes and these girls are lifted early mm -hmm. to the top of mm -hmm. this. And yeah. given all this, look at the tsunamis coming. There's the, these two girls on top of it all. Now, and everybody now trying to get onto TikTok and trying yeah. to duplicate what they've done is almost or impossible. Or surpass. Almost impossible. And here's what, um, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, to his credit, yeah. is, has been saying for years, TikTok, 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 right? Musically was was what it was before. You know, that's where everything is uh, going, right? And so in order to be that, if you want to capitalize on it, you have to be willing to be there early and start paddling, even though you don't see any wave on the horizon. It's mm -hmm. like such a, you have to be willing to know that this is coming and most people have not the patience to uh, to do that. They want to come in mm -hmm. and get this instant gratification. They don't want to come in and post up all these videos and do all of this work with seemingly very little to show for it, very little yeah. short-term ROI. Yeah. But knowing that I'm just going to keep going, keep going, keep going, and it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then when it does come, bam, you're there and you're able to, to take uh, advantage of it. Most people don't have that level of, of patience, you know? Yeah. And it's really, uh, I'll give you uh, a couple mainland um, sort of corresponding examples. I went to New York, Jeff Madoff, who you know, yeah. you know, is, uh, and Jeff was the, you know, kind of the, video backstage video for Victoria's Secret and for yeah. Ralph Lauren for 30 years. Every time there was yeah. a new season, um, he would do a lot of the video work. And then um, um, Victoria's Secret went down because they're politically, you know, politically, they didn't make the cut with uh, Me Too and that because it's too close oh, to yeah. uh, things that people are getting sent to prison for. And, right. uh, and, uh, and then Ralph Lauren and Ralph Lauren, you know, is in his eighties now. And so, you know, so, but that's been a, you know, a huge men's brand forever. And, um, and, uh, I was, um, I was talking, I was talking to him, you know, uh, about it. I, we talk about every four or five weeks because we're invested in a play a musical which uh, was supposed to come out in April and uh, first uh, uh, play called Personality and it's the um, the musical play about the history of Lloyd Price who was the first crossover um, black musician who attracted a white teenage audience so this is the crossover this is 1950 
1951, 52, 53, so almost, you know, 70 years ago. Still alive, still alive. He's about 80, mm. 88, 89 from New Orleans. And uh, first record he, uh, 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 first record he cut, uh, he had to put together a local band and he got a piano player. And the piano player was Fats Domino. Wow. Yeah, wow. Just a guy, just a guy who hung around the neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, he, he wasn't. So Lloyd Price brought a lot of, uh, little Richard, he brought a lot, a lot of people across yeah. the bridge with it, bridge with him, you know. And the big thing was that it was the first time that teenage audiences became major consumers of records. Mm. And not only that, but, uh, concerts. Uh, rock and roll concerts. The word rock and roll was now on, uh, you know, in the marquee. It was the first time that black and white um, teenagers were together in the same audiences. And this had a huge ramifications for civil rights and, you know, everything as we go forward. And um, so, so anyway, I was thinking, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking about this, that there's a star like Elvis was a star and the Beatles were stars and yeah. you know, you go forward. And the reason they're stars is because the medium is an explosive medium and it's really growing and it's guaranteed that there's going to be someone who's number one. It's guaranteed yeah. that some human, yeah. some human or some group of humans, Steve Jobs, yeah. Bill Gates, Somebody is going to be number one, you know, as yeah. we go here, Jeff Bezos. Somebody's going to be yeah. number number one. So yeah. anything that those people will tell you about how it's getting to number one, they're making it up. Mm -hmm. It was the medium that demanded a number one, and it sorted them all out, and they just ended up to be number one. And quite yeah. frankly, they probably, they probably don't know how they did it. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I agree. I mean, I think in, there's something to this wave analogy, actually, Dan, because yeah, that, yeah. I mean, I, the more I think about it like that now, that there's there's plenty of opportunities to, like, once everything gets established, every, then the players come in behind and set yeah. up the establishment to, you know, assist people in these uh in these yeah, things, and, so you've got the opportunity when, to rise. Yeah, when you get to the point that all the uh, key decision makers and gatekeepers are lawyers and accountants, you know it's time to start looking for another wave. Right. Yeah, this is uh, it's very. That's it's what so, happened to the record. That's what happened to the record industry. You know, I mean, um, but it played out you know, over decades. I mean, who were you competing with? You were competing with lawyers and accountants who were running the big record yeah. companies. I mean, who? I mean, yeah. I mean, this, this is the absence of creativity. Do you know what's funny? I had, uh, and everybody's coming now. Like the record labels are, uh, there's, they're struggling. I mean, you know, only because they have the back catalog. Nobody's interested in signing away their rights the way that they did pre independent opportunities you know um but moby is a, a artist had a great say reminded me of your we're not happy till you're not happy um yeah. motto for the airline industry he said the music industry like is is like uh if a bank were to lend you money to buy a house 
and then you pay them back the money and they still own the house. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That's yeah. really, I mean, it's your masters are the thing. They're paying you, they're lending you money to make your album and yeah. you pay them back the money and then they still own the album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that really comes through in the uh, Lloyd Price story, you know, how badly uh-huh. the, the uh, you know, the musicians who were part of the early days of yeah. rock and roll, they just, yeah, if they got three cents on the dollar, they were lucky. I just looked, did you ever see that um, Standing in the Shadows of Motown? Or, or no, um, I didn't. Shoulders of Giants? I think Shoulders of Motown. Something like that was, um, you know, that Motown... What Barry Gordy, you know, we even yeah. called it Hit, Hitsville or whatever the, uh, yep. the thing was, uh, Detroit was. I think about it now is that Barry Gordy was really creating a a capability but, farm where uh, factory. Could, well, no, I, mean, I he think, worked. He worked at yeah. one of the big three automakers before. That's where he got okay. his idea for the. Yeah, that's yeah. in the uh, play uh, Motown. I, I've seen it twice. Yeah. And, uh, and um, that, that was his notion is that Detroit had a lot of talent. There was a lot of street talent in Detroit at that time. And it was mainly the black churches that produced the talent. All the kids went to black churches and, you know, they developed their voices and their musicality. So it would be, the black church movement was just, uh, pumping out enormous amounts of really great Aretha Franklin. I mean, everybody you name, trace them back, and they went to church and and sang, uh, you know, uh, gospel music uh, for, and uh, it gave them a, it gave them music, but also gave them a sense of soul because it was uh, religious. And he said, you know, mm-hmm. you, we got to run, we got to run this the way GM runs their factories. You know, you we take them through stages, and they learn how to. They learn how to dress. They learn how to talk. They learn how to be in front of a camera. They learn how to, you know, tune together. And, you know, I mean, probably developed, you know, 50, 60 groups, but probably went through 5,000 to get there. Um, so I, I, since I mentioned the the um, capability farm and capability factory, as I've rectified what both of those are. So mm-hmm. the capabilities are the, the core of it. And the difference between um, the a capability factory is using those capabilities for hire that you can yes. tap into. You can offer those services for hire out one door and then out the other door, the core capabilities and a capability farm would be you finding the vision, you finding the people yeah. are developing your own your own yeah. use for the capabilities. So you could yeah. have a capability factory and a capability farm as yeah. models for capitalizing on the same capabilities. And yeah. one there, there's a vision opportunity there is that if you find a capability that is primarily acting as a uh, a farm making their mm-hmm. own, trying to market their own product, yeah. you can, with as a visionary, start bringing in the, uh, you know, offering their capabilities on a factory model with their excess yeah. capacity. 
Yeah, there's and actually an the interesting uh, there's actually an interesting example from the agricultural world that you can add to your thinking here. Uh, I, I grew up in northern Ohio. Northern Ohio is really big greenhouse country. Uh, you know, yeah. they, uh, you know, I mean, some of them, you know, the the size of some of the greenhouses. I mean, they, uh, you know, they're more than a city block. You know, you take a city block in Toronto and. They might be two city blocks, the, the number of greenhouses. And uh, and uh, there is one, and it's, it's about probably 30, 40 years of miles from where I grew up. It's called Mother Jones. And what they got the idea was of instead of shipping their products to the public, they shipped their products only to top-notch restaurants. Okay. Ah. And uh, they drew a line, and they could do it from they could do it practically from uh, where they were to Chicago going west, and uh, you know a lot of you know as the gourmet restaurant, the American restaurant took over, and each restaurant had part of the greenhouse. Okay, so they, um, in other words, there was uh, Charlie. <clears throat> if I use an example, I don't know if he ever used it, but Charlie Trotter in Chicago, a very famous national restaurant. Well, he would have his own part of their greenhouse, and they would work with him just to get the plants and the you know various things that he needed. And then they had um, you know it's about five hours shipping. It's about maybe five six hours uh, for a truck to uh, deliver the goods and they could do that every day you know and then uh, they might have a chicago they might have six or seven restaurants in chicago so yeah every day a truck was picking up freshly picked vegetables in this greenhouse and it was shipping it just to these particular restaurants now that all got killed earlier this year because um, <laughs> they could they could they could grow the plants but the restaurants weren't serve, serving food but uh, anyway but back when things do return, they'll be back in business again. But there's a, a, a there's a capability farm, but there's a capability. The part of the farm is that they you can grow whatever you want. The factory is they can deliver it to hundreds of restaurants. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's a good uh, that that fits. That's a nice model. Yeah. Yeah, and think about the vision that went into it. You know, think about the vision that went into it. I mean, the other greenhouses, they're hoping the market's good in Cleveland where they would sell their, you know, they would sell their products. They're just opening, but, you know, people are. And I'm sure the other, you know, I'm sure this greenhouse did this fine because um, uh, people, you know, people needed the food. And, um, yeah. They they could unload the they could unload the food anywhere they wanted. There was no lack of market for the food. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's a it's a fascinating thing. But I agree with you that um, um, you know that we've switched in our understanding of capital. Uh, if it's not yeah. live and it's not dynamic, it's pretty boring. It's, it's pretty right. boring capital. You know. Yeah. And totally accessible. I mean, otherwise, you know, I mean, physical capital, like money, capital and stuff is really uh, plentiful right now. Yeah. 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 Amazing. As a matter of fact, uh, in fact, money is looking for things to invest in right now. There's That's so what I mean. Money. Yeah. There's a, yeah, there's an excess capacity. <laughs> yeah. 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 
money's looking for a capability that will multiply money. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yes. Yeah. 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 And uh, no, it's a it's a fascinating shift. But the whole point is being aware of what the big system is automatically guides your thinking and my thinking about how we um, plan out the you know the next year's future for our our particular company. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Exciting times to be alive. Yes, indeed. <laughs> well, I will. So next uh, week, are, uh, you, next week say, is, are you at the cottage? Uh, next, next week, week is next week is Canadian Thanksgiving. So I'm taking okay. the weekend off, but I'll be okay. in complete. I'll be in. I'll be in well-fed form uh, the week after. Two weeks from now. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. I'll okay. see you on uh, Tuesday, by the way. I'm going to join in on yeah. the uh, three-zone yeah. workshop. Good. Okay. Yes. Okay, bye. Bye.